Hello, this is Deacon Rob, and this is the All Souls Catechesis Podcast. And this year, as most of you already know, our theme is Signs of Life, Reflections on Hope. And we'll be hearing, and we are hearing, we have been hearing uh, from members of our community about where they have found hope in this last year. I guess we don't have to confine it to just this last year yeah. at any point in their lives, right? Um, and today, today we have with us Kailea Kirby. Um, and for those of us who don't know you, Kailea, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Okay, so I showed up at All Souls last, well, last at the beginning of pandemic time. Um, after I got back from Thailand, um, I was in Thailand with Wheaton's Hunger Program, and I returned at the end of December 2019. And um, while I was out, my previous church kind of splintered, and it was a huge bummer, <laughs> um, yeah. right? But I, I didn't know where to come back to. Um, so I was both re-entering into American society and also trying to find my footing um, on campus and in the church again. And um, so I, <laughs> I, I just, my brother was going to All Souls and I was like, well, he's the most church I have right now mm. and I'll just follow him. So I ended up coming to All Souls and um, kind of the rest is history. But basically, um, All Souls really faithfully kept up with services during pandemic time. And that was so nourishing to me. And so, yeah, I just kept coming. Um, what else about me? Uh, well, all of you have been praying for me. Mm. That's probably how you know my name. Um, yeah. because you've been sending up prayers for Kylea Kirby, who is battling cancer. Um, so that's me. Hello. Um, I, I may sound like a, a happy person who's battling cancer, but uh, <laughs> you'll hear more about that in this podcast, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, thank you for those prayers. I cherish them. Um, and that, that's been true for the last three years. At Wheaton, so that's not a new thing. Um, I've had appendix scans for the last three years. It's gotten particularly bad over the last winter. Mm. Um, so that's why those prayers were sent up by our congregation. But uh, mm. yeah. Well, that is so good to hear about your journey that brought you here and uh, the way in which this church community has been able to come around you and to be a place of nourishment and uh, hopefully of healing too in many different ways. So, yeah. and um, it's great that you're here and looking forward to finding out a little bit more about what you have to tell us about hope uh, in your life. Um, and so what does that look like for you? What have you, where have you found that hope, particularly in this last year? In this last year, holy cow, um, yeah. Well, so my my title was um, Hope in New Relationships, and that's because I was trying to fit a bunch of different things into that one title, and I was like not really sure, I kind of pinned it all in there. Um, but basically, I was just thinking about uh, my neighbors, and I have a bean across the street, and um, yeah, playing with the Kemp kids, and honestly, all souls, um, basically all these new um, emerging and surprising 
relationships that have popped into my life during pandemic year, which is is so it's it's so unexpected to meet and cherish new people when you're directly ordered to stay away from them. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't foresee that, but it has been the thing that's kept me going, really. Um, but more so than that, it kind of goes back to, um, well, I'll, 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 I'll intro with this, which is um, I'm in this cancer support group. We meet every other Thursday night. And um, it doesn't sound like a jolly group, but it is. It's uh, me and a bunch of other patients who um, have one or more compounding terminal <laughs> illnesses. And um, huh. we chat about life. And honestly, it's re or really funny things. Oh, and we're also all young adults. So uh. that adds another layer to it. Um, so uh, yeah. It's anyone from 18 to 40, and uh, we talk about being mistaken for siblings in the hospital, and people are like, well, where's the, <laughs> where's the patient? And you're like, surprise, it's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and all sorts of things, just um, funny occurrences in your life. Um, and uh, there's one of my friends in the group named Sarah, and... Uh, She's phenomenal. She's a neuroscience researcher who is studying her own disease. And um, she has two terminal diagnoses um, and has just moved to Chicago. And late October, she was talking about just being lonely during the pandemic. And we were all like, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, but there's an added layer for us because of how really dangerous it is to see people being yeah. immunocompromised yeah. and um, we were like yeah man we are so so lonely um, and she was like well what I decided to do is just ask one of my coworkers if they wanted to get tea and we were like what <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> it's a, about it's a dangerous move and we were like shocked we were like oh my god Sarah what are you doing <laughs> yeah um, and she was like no we were in a park like you know we did it <laughs> like, we were like trying to be as safe as possible but like what shocked me was not like that it was so dangerous but that like someone who is literally has been like doubly told that they're dying is in the middle of a uh... pandemic is like you know young and busy and mm. you know we're all mega depressed she is like willing to make new friends uh... i was like what <laughs> like you have the emotional energy for that like, you are asking someone to be your friend right now? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah. how? Yeah. Um, and this was just, like, so deeply inspirational to me, which is maybe ironic as, like, one cancer patient being inspired by, like, another cancer patient. It's like, I don't know if there's something going on there. There's something funny happening there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Some dark irony. Um, and uh, anyways... So I'm I uh, am telling my my counselor this and and uh, she <laughs> she is like well she was like well, what are you gonna do about this she's like you're obviously like 
we were inspired. She was like, you should make some new friends. And I was like, what? No. I was like, I can't do that. Like, I can't make new friends. Like, this is too much. Um, and she's like, Kailea, like, one of, like, one of the psychological symptoms of having a, a, a life-threatening disease and one of the psychological symptoms that you have, which she's being totally honest here, she wasn't speaking anything untrue, yeah. and I can attest to this, is that, like, you just totally stop thinking about the future. Yeah. Um, really, I, I, like, in in October, I wasn't thinking past the end of the week. I was, like, I would wake up, I would do my thing, I would eat, I would finish work. And there's something beautiful to that. I mean, there is really something beautiful to being able to tend to yourself in the present and tend to the people you love in the present. Right, right. Um, but as a young person, especially, it can be crushing, too. Yeah. And captivating in a, in a non-beautiful sense. Yeah. Um, and she was like, you need to act like you're 23. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> like, you're going to live next year. <laughs> like, like, you'll have friends next year. Like, um, you might go on a date next year, you know. Uh, like, yeah. get a dog. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, and so I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, she was like, I have a challenge for you. And I was like, oh, no. Like, you never like it when your counselor gives you a challenge. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, fine. You're like, either it's a worksheet or something terrible that I don't want to do. So I was like, okay. And she was like, download a dating app. And I was like no absolutely not absolutely not um and i was like you're telling a cancer patient in the middle of a pandemic to download a dating app i was like you've got to be kidding um but she had a point which is like literally i i was acting and i was i was behaving as if my life was just done yeah yeah um and and so um I, I didn't actually see this story going this direction, but here we are. You're welcome, all souls parishioners. <laughs> um, I'm just letting it flow. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to let it let happen. It um, so anyways, what happens? I get the dating app. Um, I try to get one of the least creepy ones out there because there's a lot of them um, to appease my counselor. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I sign up try and make a profile that's you know like i'm a nice person but uh (laughs) try not to be creepy out here and uh and uh i i go on a couple dates and um it it, (laughs) unfortunately people do ask when you're on dates with people like so why are you on the app and it was i always got to the point where i was like um (laughs) Like, really, my motivation for being on here is that I, I don't think about the future and that I, you know, have a, you know, terminal disease. And uh, I wasn't going to tell you that, but uh, sorry, this isn't an experiment. You're not a bad person. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> it just gets so bad. Um, I'm not using you, I promise. <laughs> just... Um, not an auspicious start, right? It's not, yeah, this isn't bad this at app. all. Right. Um, Are you going to tell us the name of the app, by the way, or perhaps <laughs> keep that keep that up? Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll just uh, we'll keep that <laughs> okay. on the DL. Um, anyways, they went fine. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, no people were uh, were harmed, I don't think, in that, in that uh, hopeful experiment. 
<laughs> I think they're all they're all great. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know exactly where all of that what all that means. Do you have any questions, well, Rob? <laughs> Please help me. Help me. I was out just of... thinking it's good. It's a good thing that uh, that hope does first does no harm. <laughs> this is a good thing, um, and then it opens doors. So. I mean, you covered a lot of different uh, <laughs> associations there, people. Um, so how to kind of, be, you know, go back to some of those. And you had mentioned, started by uh, talking about I have a being, your neighbors, all souls, the Kemp family, the Kemp kids. And then yeah. you went to this woman who's researching her own cancer yeah. and, and how inspiring that was <laughs> to, to, to going on a dating app. So all of these are clearly uh, inspiring uh, places of hope for you. Um, so I guess what's most intriguing to me in your youth facing, uh, you know, dealing with a fatal disease, um, and the role of people around you, relationships to, to bring you not just to life, but to, uh, encourage you to, uh, open your heart to life and open your heart to other yeah. people. How is it that those people are giving you, uh, those new relationships, uh, in particular, giving you hope. Hmm. Um, because it doesn't, those relationships don't necessarily stop the disease itself, right? You take medicine no. for that. So how is it that those relationships are helping you emotionally, physically, spiritually? I mean, like, it's almost as if, like, the disease itself doesn't have to. To stop, and I, I don't know how mm -hmm. to explain that, but um, because it's it's almost like even it, even if it doesn't, if there are people uh. walking with me, um, this is I don't know. It's so hard to explain in words, but when I think about it. I, I, it doesn't come up in words. It comes up in like literally tangible feelings. Like, yeah, uh, it feels like snowballs and cups of tea. Yeah, and sitting with people on the couch. Yeah, and um, laughing. And is that Laura coming down the stairs and embroidering this banner? Like. <laughs> uh, the very like the continuation those people help me engage viscerally in the very stuff of life um with my arms and my fingers and my legs which is like yeah which is something i can't do alone which is something i wouldn't want to do alone which is something i would have given up on if i was alone huh. um Wow. And that's what gives me life. Yeah. Um, like, I think, about, <laughs> I think about the Kemp kids who, um, who, okay, so Jessica Kemp <laughs> read this article to them about how healthy human bodies uh, are always creating cancer cells. And um, she read this to her kids. Yeah, it was like in the New York Times or something. Excellent. And she was like, this is a learning moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to roast her a little bit right now, but she'll get over it. 
of like all health, all healthy human bodies are constantly creating cancer cells yeah. and destroying them. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, and so, so what you can do to support this process is just support your immune system by exercise, by eating good foods, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so, <laughs> so the the children got it in their minds that like the way you destroy cancer is exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so on the way home from church one day, they were like, oh, we've got to get Kyle to do sprints with us. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I'm really tired. And they were like, no, Kyle, you have, like, we, we, they were like, we have to convince her to run somehow. <laughs> How do we do it? And they were like, we'll tell her that there's fairies. And so they were like concocting this whole story about how there was fairies up above and like they were like no there's like a cavern and like you have to go through and I was like okay fine and so I like start following them to get the fairies and um I don't know exactly what that means but I I I feel like all of the people around me all of these relationships are <laughs> are people grabbing me by the hand and are doing their best to create stories about fairies about um and not in non-mystical stories real sure. stories yeah. about god about yeah. humans about our our purpose in beauty and viscerality on this earth um and their love for me they're telling me those things um and they're walking with me in those things um, in a way that not only keeps me alive, but like is life. life. Yeah. Yes, life itself. Life itself. <clears throat> it. I think of Psalm twenty-three. You know, uh, walking through the veil of the, of the, the you know valley of the shadow of death, and the life that's there, the banqueting table. You know, in mm. the presence of my enemies. And and enemy, the death is the last enemy, right? Yeah. And what does that mean? Banqueting with people, right? And uh, yeah, enjoying them, telling stories, and telling uh, stories, and uh, about fairies, but, but physically, <laughs> physically right. participating in that story. I mean, what does that do for your body too, right? Yeah. I, I love that. Like, I, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't, I want, like, I, I wouldn't want to spend, I mean, I, and, and, and I, I, I vacillate and my diagnosis vacillates constantly mm. between like, well, you've got a year and you've got like 50 years, but it could be really bad for 50 years. <laughs> like, you know, you've got five years and it could be like, eh, <laughs> you know? Um, and so, you know, not only is that psychologically exhausting, but look, you know, don't you don't know what to do with that bodily. Like, how do you treat yourself in that state? But um, regardless, I really, I hope I. I'm gonna say something really cheesy now. This is the first time I'm gonna say something really cheesy. I think. I hope to. I I I hope to like spend that year, five years, fifty years, sillily chasing fairies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. around and yeah. putting my hands in the snow, all of that. Um, that is inspiring. I think that to understand death, and it's not, it's not natural. It's not like, 
the Lion King, the circle of life. Life is a part <laughs> of death, and it's wonderful. You become fodder for, you know, you know, in the ground fodder for other animals. It's there's something. It's a disaster. <laughs> However, uh, as it's incorporated into redemption, mm -hmm. um, death itself becomes a means to apprehend and to grab onto life. And it sounds, from your in your case. It's also a um, to find new life. You're, you're, you're right. This is all about new life and new relationships. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Yeah, um, which is really just so encouraging. Um, the cancer support group. Yeah. Are you? Uh, is this ongoing? How often do you meet? Yeah, every two group? weeks. Okay. Um, and. They're very kind to me because I don't always go, if I'm totally honest. Some weeks I'm, it's, it's, it's exhausting to go and to hear others' stories of pain <laughs> or hear your own pain reflected in someone else, you know. Um, but I should go more often. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about I, I've seen you and I have a bean. <laughs> yeah. I've seen your artwork and I have a bean. Oh, yeah. And I've seen you giving life to that. And I, <laughs> those guys there get excited when they tell me about what you've done, you know, when all of you come over. So um, how is that new relationship? When did you start with them? And how has that new relationship uh, brought you life? That one's that? really fun. Yeah. I, oh, man, I love that place. So I have a bean is right across from where we live, which is really handy. Um, and me and Taylor started going over there every morning because we started working remotely. So we started going over there every morning for our caffeine fix because um, we were like, is this coffee really free? Like <laughs> we thought it was a joke for a while. Um, and because we weren't sure if it was really free, we started bringing over food. <laughs> as like a kind of bartering system yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um then then luke uh the manager over there had to tell us like guys no it's really free you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to like pay in food but we will keep eating the food <laughs> so um uh we we figured it out but they were luke who's also vegan and we're we're vegan at the household we were like oh this is so fun though you can eat all of our food and you will enjoy it you won't you know spurn it away just because it's vegan so um yeah we started kind of this this incorporating this rhythm of like we go for tea then we come over later in the afternoon with snacks um and we really enjoyed that they have a lot of our dishes now we should get those back um and also, Dwight started working there, um, one of the people who works up at the front. He started working there right about when we moved in. So uh, we were like, we were kind of new in town at the same time. So he was new, you were new. Yeah. 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 Um, and we also started this game of, <laughs> there was like this stuffed animal, this like, this weird plush that looked like an emoji. Uh -huh. And we would hide it around the coffee shop. And uh, each time we left, we would hide it in a different spot, and then he would move it to a different spot each time he came in, and we would have we would like shift it around, <laughs> and it became this game, um, and that went on for a really long time until it got 
swiped. I don't, we don't know where it is now, <laughs> but anyways, just little things like that. Um, and you know, just, there's something about seeing someone literally every day that, right. Right. um, you become friends. Then we started something with Luke where, uh, we would ask him a 30 second story because he didn't really like to talk for long, but I was like, I bet he'll talk for 30 seconds. <laughs> so I said, I was like, Luke. You have to tell us a 30-second story. And usually once he got started talking, he then. would keep, then he would keep going. <laughs> yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh, man, I know everything about Luke now. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then, and then I, um, I guess, and then we decorated for Christmas over there. And then, and then they asked if I could, uh, if I could paint the mural. Well, they asked if any of us could at the house. And I just happened to be there for Christmas, and I did it. Oh, so you didn't offer it first. They asked you actually to do it. Yeah. You must have told them you had some yeah. okay. artistic <laughs> ability. Um, you know what strikes me here is that I have a being highest uh, uh, post-prison people. And yeah. They have been isolated, right? And just getting back into community, um, what they're looking for is precisely what you're talking about here. Yeah. You know, new relationships, right? True. And, and and I've met Dwight, and <laughs> um, it's just so delightful that, you know, you and your place in life um, intersecting with theirs. I know. Bring that hope to one another. Truly. The other day, actually, nearly made me cry. Um, one of, I brought one of my friends in, and there's like this, uh, there's like that yellow line back for like their kitchen area yeah right, right. <laughs> the do not cross line yes. and our and our friend walked past the line and Dwight was like oh <laughs> like, oh you've done it now like <laughs> you've crossed the line yes. <laughs> and I was like ah oh, Charles no like you crossed the line <laughs> um but Dwight was like oh, I forgive him like y'all y'all are family and I was like oh we're family I was like I'm gonna cry I was like oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Dwight, you're my family. You don't know it, but you live across the street, and you're like the one person I see every day. Um, yeah. Is there anything about, as you face your mortality, I mean, all these different areas you found life and relationships, you're not, you're not limiting it. So it, is it, yeah. it just, is it, are you carrying it with you now, this attitude of... You know, what is that like to, to anyone around you or to, you know? Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> and have you always been like that? Or is this... Is this a new thing? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't expect you to ask that. <laughs> Sorry, came... In my previous, in my <laughs> previous role play, I did not expect you to ask that. Um, wow. I think I, I have become more... That, I mean, definitely something about being grounded in the present. Yeah. Um, right, so there's negatives of not being able to project into the future, but something about being grounded in the present, in your body, even in your pain in your body, allows you to just kind of see the people around you who are right in front of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think allows me to, to, to be in relationship with people who are literally right next door. Um, and as I think about it, like I can, 
tell you the names of all the shop owners like that are right around my block. sure yeah sure um because i'm because i'm like be my friend <laughs> you know <laughs> everyone be my friend uh yeah um and would you say that it is very specifically um, your thoughts about mortality and your own dying that have uh, enhanced that? Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's one of them, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, not, not necessarily so much mentally, but definitely the physical experience yeah. of, yeah, bringing me near that. So here's probably another question that you might not have been expecting. Great. As you think about hope and death, if you were to, um, you know, was it Stephen Covey that came up with the idea of begin with the end in mind? So, so oh. whatever you want to do in life, it's a good thing to think about the end uh -huh. and say, in light, of, in 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 view of that, what is it that I want to do right now? Ooh. So, um, so with the end in mind. Holy moly! <laughs> and I don't want to sound morbid here. Okay. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. You should. Sit. So, if you if, spent one day as a fly on a wall at our house, you'd be okay, like, "This is crazy how much these folks talk about death." <laughs> you're 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 uh, you're comfortable with death, which is like at your age. I mean, this is great. So, if you were to write your own your own obituary, oh my god, <laughs> what? What other people would say about you? Whoa. Um, in light of what you've been learning this past year, what 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 would that what would you want them to say about you? Wow, I don't know if I can say this without crying. Um, hmm. Let me take a moment, think about it. Um, and we can't enlist the help of Laura, who's sitting right there. Who probably wants to just chime in. I know. Don't don't look at me, Laura. Um, take your time. We can take a pause here. Have a cup of tea. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, definitely something about being a good neighbor. Like, yeah. something about, like, Kailea knew me. Uh. Kailea knew me and loved me. Mm. Um. Mm. Uh. And she loved her life. And she loved the poor. <laughs> Something like that. And she loved the poor. And she loved the poor. Now I'm starting to get moved. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Maybe we should pause now and have you think about it a little bit more. No, that's, um, we're going to soldier right through here, though. Um, loving the poor. Yeah. Um, who are always mindful. I think of the fragile nature of life, right? And uh, yeah. And life is really a fight for survival. So what? When you say loving the poor, what what does that look like to you, and how is that manifested in your life? I mean, for me, as someone who's like, right, just struggling to stay alive bodily yeah that's a really hard question because it's like <laughs> does does loving the poor mean like forsaking medical care probably not you know that doesn't <laughs> is that that's maybe some weird masochistic urge yeah 
Um, but uh, as a young person who's just graduated college, um, who's, you know, in my first, you know, job, I can, I can make really practical decisions about like where I live, for example, yeah. um, how I get to know my neighbors like in these ways. And, um, yeah, I can, I can be friends with Dwight. <laughs> uh, I can be friends with Dwight. I can, uh, I can be friends with my neighbors who are from all sorts of different countries, sure. Yeah, you know, in that apartment complex. I can be okay with the fact that our apartment is infested with roaches, <laughs> you know, um, I can, uh, I can allocate, you know, most of my funds to, you know, to charity instead of towards things that I want or towards savings, you know, yeah. and I can be really transparent about that with the people, uh, that I know and love. And, and for me, a lot of that looks like, like I, I'm not very mobile, which is the hard thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, so I, so right now I'm like a, I'm a data analyst, so I could be making a lot of money. <laughs> um, but I, but I work at a nonprofit um, for underserved communities in Chicago. And I love that. Mm. Um, so maybe a lot of it's like omission it's like simplicity mm. rather than like some sort of extravagant frantic like I'm going to teach all of the ESL classes in the world you know <laughs> and like give to all of the charities and do all of the things like maybe it's 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 recognizing my finiteness and living in that smallness mm. for me right now, at least. I don't know. It's that's complicated. That already, though, just saying that is so helpful. Um, yeah. Um, your desire to give of your life and live simply has that always been the case for you or is that no been a more recent realization <laughs> and choice i think i've wanted to live big bigly you know <laughs> like yeah i've wanted maybe i've wanted to um I think like many Wheaton students, I've wanted to be like NGO superstar, you know, like I've wanted to be like right. the biggest, most successful super like social justice -y person, you know, like I'm going to freaking crush world vision, you know, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to yeah. travel to all of the nations and save all of the souls, you know, um, but I will one do not think that's way <laughs> um, anymore and uh, I think there's a lot of problematic things with that but we'll put that aside um, that's literally physically not Impossible. a possibility right yeah. <laughs> um, and um, 
being in touch now kind of with the physical frailty um, I think that Jesus describes like when he's like you know when you when you see people who are who are thirsty who are hurting who are suffering like in them you will see me yeah and in some ways like I feel identified with that person he's describing which is a weird thing to say <laughs> um, yeah like the sufferer in which others find Jesus um, which I feel like I've never been in that place yeah in my life um, um, but yeah but being in a place of, of physical frailty, um, even mental frailty from kind of uh, a, a chronic suffering of sorts, not necessarily from poverty, but of, um, of health, I think allows me to empathize. Um, in in a way that is more full of honor and respect rather than pity um, uh-huh. yeah i don't know, I don't know yeah. this guy. <laughs> the honor and respect um is that uh, the honoring respecting the dignity yeah. of that other person is that part of what you mean by that, regardless, uh, who, regardless of who that person is? Yeah. Um, yeah. Honor, like honor and respect of their, of their knowledge as well, of their own situation, mm-hmm. um, of their resource. Um, the resourcefulness and their resource in that situation. Um, and so I think believing more in the power of accompaniment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than charity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Which is, which is why I, I why this this whole thing of relationship absolutely yeah that so comes back to that doesn't it it's i mean these are very specific when you talk about dwight at avabin and luke at avabin two different people from different walks in life but they're they're there and they you you, um and you're connecting with them in very very specific and individual ways in very life-giving ways and um And the relationship, I think, is what it's about, right? I mean, the, the poor, we tend to designate them as this group that needs, sure, that needs our yeah. help, right? Yeah. But perhaps what they're looking for is, along with a cup of cold water, <laughs> yeah. a smile and a hello and a, yeah. I, right? And a fun joke. And a fun joke. <laughs> yeah, I need a and, fun joke. And, and chasing the fairies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, huh. 
When you think about Jesus saying, I've come that you might have life, and then he says, abundant life. Mm -hmm. And Jesus' agenda, you could say, was also death. He was going to die, right? Yeah. I mean, he was beginning with the end in mind. So, but the, how he touched people. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about the very visceral nature of relationships. Now you feel it. You can't even, you know, more than words, you're describing it. Um, you clearly enjoy words. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, could you talk a little bit more about that, how you relate to people in that physical way? What, I mean, what is that, what, what, you know, what arises in you when you, when you get to know people, new relationships and the, the physicality mm. of it? And um, that just intrigues me. Sure. Um, hmm. I guess I'm very, I'm very keen to the way that people inhibit or not inhibit inhabit inhabit a space um huh. and uh that probably has to do with um whatever training or experience i have um uh moving between cultures as well mm -hmm. having to be very um attentive to that because you know body language for example, in, in Thailand, you know, yeah. one person's body language does not mean the same thing. Like, it's not an equal crossover. Uh, so standoffishness looks different, you right. know, and, and warmth looks different bodily inhabited um, in uh, a young Thai woman as it does in an American Thai or American uh, woman. And yeah. so uh, I'm very attentive to that. But... Uh, also, just because I, uh, I, I tend to be very trapped in my own mind, I think. Yeah. And so I think relationships help me get into my own body. Um, when I'm interacting with other people, I, uh, and interacting with, you know, the world. Yeah. With snow, with fairies, um, with embroidery, uh. I'm able to to connect with a person and and with objects and yeah. I I also other people I some people are just so effortlessly connected to themselves, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like they they just like walk into the room and they just almost like possess themselves in this way. I find it so amazing. Um but I have to like, you know, concretely ground myself i have to you know do yoga or like go right. on a run or i don't yeah. know like i have to like do something to yeah. like ground myself but some people are just there all the time <laughs> and i'm like wow <laughs> i don't know i laugh because my, my my primary partner in life is, is very much like that yeah I, I struggle to be as natural <laughs> and as relaxed as she is so yeah um but i love Death is a very physical thing, and we're bodily going to be gone. But it for you to to, to enhance that that very physical connection with people, you know, mm. we're embodied in our bodies, right? And mm -hmm. uh, um, that's how we get to know one another. Um, yeah, and particularly in this pandemic. Yeah, and maybe that's also why I think I'm thinking about it so much or feeling sure, it so much. Sure, that's probably now that you point that out. That's probably why I, I'm feeling it so much is because. 
when I'm, I'm far from people, it's like almost, yeah, it's such a like spark moment. You know, when you see someone face to face now, it's like, oh, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) You're back, (laughs) you know? Um, And like my mom came into town after I hadn't seen her since June. I missed um, Thanksgiving with her and Christmas because they had COVID um, and I had a surgery. So there was no way I could see them. Um, And yeah, when she when she came and like hugged me, she was like, I just want to smell you. And I was like, I probably just smell like my roommate's laundry detergent. She was like, I don't care. You know, and I was like, I, I don't I doubt I smell like myself, you know, like, yeah. um, and but it, yeah, and we didn't do anything even, you know, there's nothing to do. It's a pandemic. But she just drove up here with my brother to help him move in. And she just wanted to pal around, you know like sit in the basement while I did work (laughs) the um, the thinking about Jesus and what's always struck me and we've already been going 45 minutes that's also (laughs) we were wondering how we were going to even fill up 15 um, or how you were Um, when Jesus says to his disciples you are no longer my uh, you know, servants, you are mm. no longer servants, you have become my friends. Yeah. Because I know you and I love you, and you know me and love me. And man, I think this is, you know, it sounds like this is somewhat of what you're experiencing, that that intimacy yeah. of relationship. Um, and then in First John, when it says that this, you know, when, when John is talking about how when they first met Jesus, it, there's a progression. They, they, they saw him from a distance. Then they looked at him. And then they talked mm. with him. And then finally it says we touched him. Yeah. So that, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about that. And the sheer joy of that. And the belief is one thing, but, but, but they touched this one. And that's what clinched it for them, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what drew them into relationship with the living God. So, yeah. And that's what draws us in a relationship with, with the living God and others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be a question. Ooh. I've got to form this into a question. Oh, great, great, great. <laughs> I mean, so your thoughts on that and how, as we wrap up here, okay. um, the how have you drawn closer, I guess, to Jesus and others? Hmm in these new relationships yeah and how have you seen jesus in them how has that been manifested i well if i'm totally frank it's it has been very hard to be close to jesus this last year ah. um i think in a lot of ways ah. um But engaging, committing to engaging, or at least, you know, in some sort of, like, ethereal sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I think that's how a lot of people, or that's how a lot of people talked about it in my upbringing. Like, how do you, you know, how close do you feel to Jesus? And I'm like, I don't yeah. feel very close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things that I love about All Souls and that I love about the Anglican tradition is that there is uh there's a value of ritual 
and one of my rituals now this year is going across the street to I have a bean, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I have these rituals in my life of seeing people mm-hmm. that draw me near <laughs> to Jesus. Mm. Um, or coming out here in the snow, <laughs> you know, on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. And kneeling in the snow and confessing in the snow. And yeah. um, one of the beautiful things about that is that, like, I, I know I don't have to feel it. Um, yeah. Uh, and there's such a release in that. There's such a peace in that that I don't have to at every moment. Um, as someone who's really experiencing a lot of anguish a lot of times, yeah. I don't have to beat myself up for not feeling it (laughs) I can just um find peace in the ritual and in the sacrament um you know and uh come honestly and openly to God um yeah and and receive so does that make sense it does okay it does (laughs) I'll just let that sit for a bit I I think this speaks, what you've said here, will speak hope to all of us who will listen to this. Okay. Woo! Um, You touched on so many things that are so life-giving. And that we need to ponder. Thanks, Kailaya. Oh, man. Um, Thank you for doing this for all of us.